This is Ray Renati, and you've reached Green Room on Air. Wasn't that great? That was Carly Ozard singing her version of Bridge Over Troubled Water. And uh, guess what? She's on the show today. That's right. Carly and I talked for about an hour. It was a lot of fun. I loved it. She's one of my dearest friends in the whole world. Gosh, I've known her for at least 20 years. We, we've done shows together. We've, uh, we've had a lot of uh, fun together. She's been there through thick and thin. You know, she's one of those friends that you know is a real friend. And how often does that happen in life for most of us? Not very often. So I consider her that. And I'm so glad that uh, I was able to speak with her yesterday. That's right, yesterday. Today is today. Yesterday was yesterday. Now, Carly has a new niche she's found for herself, and it is taking off. She is an electronic music vocalist and songwriter. She recently signed with Sobel Records, which is part of uh, Warner Brothers, and her tracks and remixes can be here all, all over the place, Spotify, other, other applications and websites, or you can buy her music as well. Uh, I listen to her on Spotify, Often, and I uh, also have one of her albums. Um, a citizen of the world, that's right. A Carly travels and writes songs based on her experiences from Burning Man, which she's been to a few times. Bali, ever been to Bali? I'd love to go to Bali. Um, her songs are pieces of transcendence and acceptance worldwide. Worldwide. Uh, she loves EDM, Punjabi mantras, LGBTQ anthems. That's just the beginning. Just the beginning of her trek into solo artistry. Carly looks forward to uh, showcasing her collaborations with her production team at Sobel with DJ Spin Sista, Polo Del Mar, and Leo Frappier, and more. And the more? Who is the more? And more, that's her husband, Chris. Chris, if you're listening, you are an amazing sound man. And he really is. And if you need a sound guy, contact Chris. I don't know if he uh, hires out, though. But if he does, you need to talk to him. Anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in to Green Room on Air. And uh, without any further ado from moi, here is Carly... Ozard. I'm ready. Much of it will keep. All right. I think it should be recording. Uh, yeah. It says recording. Did it tell you I was recording? Well, I'm recording you on voice memo and it's recording. I mean, on the Zoom, did it say recording at all? Uh, yeah, it says recording at the top there. Oh, okay, good. My, oh, yeah. yeah, I see it. Okay. <laughs> I'm like a Zoom. I, I, I've never, I know, I rarely run Zoom meetings, you know. I've never run a, a Zoom meeting. I've just participated in many. Yeah, me too. So this is this is my second time. So uh, that's why I'm I'm screwing up left and right. It's fine. I couldn't get on here. I tried like four different ways, and it was insane. So, okay. <laughs> the new world that we're living in. So one hundred percent. It's good to see you. It's great. To Wonderful. See you. Thank you. My husband's breaking down boxes behind us. So we moved from Manhattan to 
LBI, which is Long Beach Island, um, South Jersey. And we packed up most of our stuff, but we still brought things here and we're still like, we're just zombies right now, but we're grateful to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, Long Beach Island. I don't even know where that is, but I don't know. Where South Jersey and it's uh, north of Atlantic City, Chris just said. Oh, okay. Oh, that reminds me of that song in uh, Ragtime. Ragtime. <laughs> yep. Atlantic City. I don't know. The, I can't remember. The, oh, well. Let's feel the wind in our Oh, that's it. I knew you'd know it. Right? <laughs> Let's feel the wind and our hair. Yes, yeah, exactly. That. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I've given you a good introduction before this anyway, so. Oh, I'm excited. I can't we wait. Uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't recorded it yet, but you'll have it. So we don't need to go through all that. But uh, you, I've known you, gosh, for how many years now? Like At least 15, 20. 15, 20 years, yeah. 20. Wow. Yeah. We did West Side Story. I think I was maybe 21. 19, yeah. 20. Yeah. 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 That so. sounds right. Yeah. And then we did Ragtime. So. Yeah. And then I worked at Moon and then you worked at Moon. Right. 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 Yeah. That's right. how After that was the order. <laughs> 42nd Street Moon and uh, Broadway by the Bay, right? Yeah. yeah. But then you and I did Ragtime at Foothill. So we actually. Yeah. Oh. That's right. Ragtime was Foothill. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot you were in Ragtime there. Yeah. West Side Story at Broadway. West Side, yeah. So yeah. I did West Side Story at Foothill. And then I did Ragtime at Foothill. And then I did West Side Story at Broadway by the Bay. And I met you at Foothill first. Right. And you know what? I was cast in the show at Foothill and I turned it down. I was cast okay. as... Um, the teacher uh in at, at but i didn't do it jay gave me the part and i, I don't want to do that oh in west side story yeah yeah okay yeah okay anyway i got to understand because okay i sang satv in that show i was a pit singer yeah so i sang sharks jets and their and their women folk and um so in the trio that's like seven not the trio oh my god the seven part like the jets are gonna have their way the whole tonight medley thing yeah i, I sang soprano and alto and tenor in the song wow that's yeah cool. i really learned how to sing harmony i'm still not awesome at it but like i that was like my foray into like learning multiple parts and i really appreciated that experience well that's a great show to do it in because the music is so perfect it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. And it like, it like strengthened my, my part singing abilities. So I'm always, I'll always remember that. I uh, think West Side Story is the most recorded um, uh, score in history for musical theater and by orchestras and everything around the world because of its, its complexity and its beauty. And it's so recognizable too. So yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. that, that really helped you with your uh, understanding all the different ways of singing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, definitely. It really did. Mm -hmm. So. And now, now, well, with lockdown, I guess you haven't had a lot of uh, opportunity to perform, but 
you've been out in New York uh, doing a lot before that, right? And well, you got signed um, with a new record label? Yeah, so I'm signed to a new record label and it's been keeping me pretty busy. I have a producer who I met through that label named Joel Dickinson and he uses me for a lot of his projects and I am totally here for it because he's like one of the most incredible musicians, remixers, like he's been around uh, working for, you know, multiple, you know, chart topping artists for years. And so I'm really enjoying getting to know him and getting to sing his creations. And, and so there's been a lot of recording work that Chris and I have actually been involved in for quite a while. Oh, so, good. And, yeah. and, and does, and, and what's the label called? Uh, so bell nation records. Okay. Um, and my producer, I, I work with several producers, but the one that I'm working the most with right now is Joel Dickinson. And he's, he's not with the label like I am. He's there. Uh, he's a remixer and I'm an artist. Like, so, um, but he's amazing and his work is incredible. And you should check out all of his work. I will. So I just, I can't, I can't talk about him highly enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the things I've heard have been great. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. The things that you've heard, I worked with DJ Spin Sista. Oh, okay. Uh, he's really talented. And um, then Peter Tanico, who's uh, E39, he's like, he's his his mixes are amazing. He did a remix for me for Let Love Rain Down, and then he also did your favorite song that Poyo Damar and I did. The um, if I <laughs> if I had a you know what I'd rule the world. Uh, <laughs> the woman's got the power, and so um, so he made like an incredible. He makes incredible remixes. So when you go onto Beatport to download my music or onto Spotify to listen, you'll see the DJ or DJs that I worked with. Chris is just moving boxes behind me. No, that's great. I love uh, it. Cool. Uh, yeah, you're literally getting like the raw footage. Like we just crashed here. We're on no sleep. <laughs> you know, we're unpacking our life. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the the remixers that I've worked with have been freaking incredible. I feel so spoiled, and it's great that Barbara, who's in charge, her name's Barbara Sobel of Sobel Nation Records. She has this. Um, incredible database of really amazing DJs and remixers. So, so, so when you work at that level, uh, you really see what it's like to work with a professional who knows sound, right? Like yeah. Well, inside also, and, and music. Yeah. 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 I mean, you it's, can hear the difference. It's like, everything's perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like when you hear a record, uh, uh, somebody do a, a, a record or whatever mm -hmm. we call them now. Um, you can hear the difference between like somebody who goes to like just some studio and records it versus like what you're doing where it's like high level, you know? But the thing is, is that yes, the producers come up with a bang and track and they can add effects to my voice. Yeah. But Chris, my husband, Chris is the one doing all the audio engineering of my vocals and sending them off. Well, he's awesome. Yeah. So like I have both the team, the dream team of producers. And then I also have my husband with like insane audio skills. And insane I know yeah. I can't believe that he was able to do um, when you were doing these Facebook live shows and your internet sucked and all that and you're still able to, to do it. Yeah. Um, all him. I, I, I just would sit there and cry all him. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I would I would be sitting there watching, going, "How are they doing this? <laughs> I want to figure this out." Data plans, baby. But um, sound is hard. It's 
yeah, te- technology is like such a a, a, a bastard. But um, we, totally. we, we we prevail. We prevail. Yeah, yeah. This afternoon we prevailed. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about what's going on with uh, in the world right now because I know I know that you have a lot of thoughts about it and you're pretty. <laughs> uh-huh. I know you do, and you never sit back. I mean, you're whatever's happening on Earth. I mean, uh, oh. you 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 have a lot of feelings and thoughts and. You're sort of a, an activist in your own way, no? Yeah, oh, thank you. I want to be more of an activist, but I have like 37 autoimmune issues that I can't go and protest and risk that right now. Oh, yeah. So besides that, I've been donating to a lot of black trans organizations. Yeah. Um, there's this, there's this um, uh, wow. program called the Okra Project, so Okra the Vegetable. Um, the Okra Project is out of, uh, I think it's out of Philly, and... Um, they're, they make food, really nutritious, wholesome food for black trans women and make sure that they're fed nutritious food. And so I've been donating uh, a lot of my money to them. And um, there's also other organizations that I've been focusing my attention on. Um, you know, besides Black Lives Matter, there's also just individuals that are doing really wonderful things at this time. Mm-hmm. So there's various GoFundMes that I've contributed to, um, you know, and, and just I know it's it sounds so minor, but I've been signing a lot of petitions. You know, we, we have to we have to put Breonna Taylor's mur- like murders and murders in jail. And I'm looking for other organizations and I'm totally getting distracted. We have to we have to like we have to act now and we have to listen and we have to learn as much as we can because I've felt discriminated against in my life. Like pretty much everyone has, but if you can like imagine if you felt like that all the time, constantly nonstop, wherever you turned, wherever you went, wherever you go, you're just being questioned and interrogated and completely like, Oh my God, can I just do a B or C? Like that's what I hear from behind their cries is they can't just be. And so I've felt that way on a much smaller scale, bullied in school and I got to graduate and it was over. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have anything happening to me that these other people were facing, you know, with being bust in from places and not having outreach. So something that I learned that I cannot recommend enough is, um, I got to be a guest in a mostly black space for two years. And when you're invited in to a mostly black space, definitely a BIPOC space, um, you get to experience some art and music that it's like, they, 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 it changed my life. So I was singing in the subway and I was discovered by this artist named Ray Naldo. And he's just this incredible spirit, um, travels everywhere. He's, fun he's great wood burning artist he makes incredible furniture and he happens to be black and so he's like come sing at this amazing thing that i host and i'm like you got it right on and i we went and we never stopped going i sang in it every month for two years and it was mostly all black artists selling incredible things from lotions to paintings to stickers to um wood craftsman type type things and um 
the thing that was the most prominent besides all the art was the spoken word. And I hadn't been exposed to a lot of spoken word because it wasn't part of my life growing up. And it got me thinking, I was like, you know, where there's a drama program in a high school, there needs to be a spoken word program. And it doesn't mean need to be like necessarily like, it just needs to be celebrated and welcomed to the stage and treated like, like musical theaters treated. And my opinion of, of like, integrating spoken word into your drama curriculum, whether you have acting class or you have just, you know, drama class or musical theater class, like spoken word, I feel like needs to be something needs to be part of like the performance evenings at school. It needs to be part, it needs to be part of not just the writing part, because I felt like I was getting to hear stories that I would have never heard unless I had been brought into this space. Now, when you say spoken word, do you mean like poetry, storytelling, things like this? Right. But and, it was a lot about the the person of color experience. Okay. And I was able to really just sit and listen every month for two years. It's like when you go to AA, you know, you start to like hear the steps this was like black stories or BIPOC stories that what is BIPOC from, uh, black indigenous people of color. Okay. So these were all, you know, BIPOC voices reading BIPOC writing and all of it was excellent and all of it was beautiful and needed to be heard. And I was like, wow, like this is what I would encourage. Like I would have, I would have spoken word events in high school like just to start exposing people to it at an early age and it because it's a way to get all of your feelings out on paper artistically and then you can if you want do a dramatic interpretation of your own words and then you inspire like all these people going through it at the same time and then you teach the people who don't know anything something it 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 lets people listen to people's story on a rhythm because they speak in a poetic way. I, I really, I love it so much. And I feel like it just needs to be incorporated into our mainstream. Like, look what Hamilton is. That is spoken word. Yeah. You know, when I, when I went to RADA, one of the, one of the women there, she was a professor in New York and she was around my age. And in the seventies, she was one of the most well-known like spoken word people in the United States. That's cool. And I listened to some of her stuff, blew me away. And she was, she was a black woman and she, yep. uh, and there's a tradition um, that I think is so wonderful that if people would get past this prejudice that they have, that they don't even realize they have a lot of times, it's so sad uh, and real and understand uh, how wonderful um, different cultures are, uh, mm-hmm. our indigenous people, uh, right. people of African descent. It's so incredible. Like, uh, I, I personally acted, uh, what a year, about a year and a half ago in a, in a play about Aunt Jemima. <laughs> and I was like the only white guy in the play, you know, I have never had so much fun in my life working with the, with, with all these wonderful black African American people. It was, um, it was a special, it was a treat. Uh, it's something that if everyone understood how wonderful it is to have people diversity, I don't, I think that we would get rid of all this BS. You right. Know? 
it's but we also sad. have to acknowledge like people are afraid. Part, we have to acknowledge our part in changing it for them for, for them too because yeah. our ancestors put them in this situation oh, for sure and our systems do not favor their rights no and so that's where the work needs to be done in the signing of you know petitions and donating to whatever you can if you can um and in starting to you know change your curriculum if you have that responsibility um attached to your job if you're a teacher or some type of program planner daisy's barking sorry hey daisy <laughs> um oh that's awesome chris just set up a lava lamp um, so um it's um it's like you know, I don't know what I was, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, oh, uh, it, like if you changing your curriculum, if that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you, if it's your responsibility to, to plan curriculum in your job, mm -hmm. then it's, you have to take this responsibility to now start really including and thinking about how to do outreach. And yeah. that's our responsibility. Yeah. It yeah. is, is, um, what are we doing in our jobs that is benefiting me, but not benefiting people of color? What, you know, and change that. And it involves just like the most microscopic focus on details of undoing. Because of this, uh, the systemic way that we've excluded uh, mm -hmm. These this wonderful group of people from history, uh, from participation in uh, ignored their society. stories. Yeah, ignored that we have stolen from them what they have created, like rock and roll. I'll say it to them. Exactly. Them yeah, was that came from Big Mama Thornton, Little Richard, and all of a sudden Elvis was like front page news. And I'm not saying Elvis sucked, but I'm saying like a talent wise, I'm just saying like he was not the first Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Like, I don't even think Elvis, I think Elvis tried to make it clear that he was the first, but no one wanted to hear it. And, uh, and they, I remember they thought at first they thought before anyone saw him when he became popular and they just heard him, they thought he was, he was a black man. Um, but it's yeah. just about piggybacking and yeah. taking something that's not yours to take. And even though yeah. I didn't do that, I still have to acknowledge it. Like maybe I don't play Elvis anymore. Maybe I don't, you know, have that on like some, I have like one of his songs on a wedding playlist. Like maybe we take that off. Like it's not about my comfort and my memories of like, oh, that song reminds me of like my dance at my wedding. Like, it's not about that. It's not about me. It's about, okay, yes, and he needs to be removed. If that's a small little thing. It's not listening to someone's music anymore. People stop listening to people's stuff for different reasons all the time. But if it's like, it's just about focusing on how, how we took pretty much everything and like profited off of it and like killed people for it. And then it's just it's not good. And so March, if you, if you can, um, it was hard to not be in a pride March this year. 
Like that was really hard. I, I've been in either San Francisco um, or New York Pride. And then I attended Nashville one year. I wasn't in that one, but I attended it. Like it was hard to not have a Pride celebration this year, but we need to stay inside. You know? I saw a video of one yesterday and the cops came and started like beating on people. Yeah, that was, I think, in the West Village. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that was the West Village. Um, yeah, I mean, people were going to be out regardless. They were going to be, um, you know, exercising their freedom of speech. Like, they were going to be out there. So I don't know too much about what happened, so I can't really say much more yeah. because I don't know. But yeah. I feel, you know, they're – the world is in a crazy limbo right now. There's yeah. team, you know, team all lives matter. There's team blue lives matter. There's team black lives matter. There's team like, I won't wear a mask. There's team you will, I will wear a mask. Right. So like, we're all in like this horrifically shitty world series right now yeah. everything's politicized every, everybody uh, everything it's like every choice you make and i refuse to to be like this but every choice you make uh it's easy to turn to bring it down to a political level like if i wear a mask it means I, i'm liberal oh <laughs> you know, it's so ridiculous you know i just think it means you're intelligent um, well of course but the whole this whole thing is so stupid and and you know, I don't want to mention the name of this person, but, you know, our federal government, because I get tired of giving them any publicity whatsoever. The orange uh, man? The orange guy is is making it okay to be this way. Now, ironically, it might be good in the long run because what's happening now is people are sick of it. You know, a lot of people, it's like, okay, now things got to change. So maybe in the long run, it will be a good thing. Um. I think we uh, personal. I hear what you're saying about Elvis and stuff. Here, here's my thing on it. Uh, I, I and maybe it's because I'm a history major and all that. But like, I, I, it scares me to think of history being obliterated. I think that things need to be put in their place. You know, like, um, like the taking down of statues. I'm all for it, but I hate to see them destroyed. You know, they, I would like to see them go in a museum and say, "This is." the section of the museum showing how we uh, how we've uh, excluded american indigenous people and blacks from or what we've the terrible things we've done to them you know uh rather than just like destroying the past because if we don't hold if we don't have something to re help us remember what we did wrong we might repeat it like um like elvis put it put it in the right box you know you know, like Elvis was, uh, Elvis existed because of, of the, of the black people before who had the influence of African music and uh, the blues and their situation. And Elvis, you know, was an outgrowth of that and make it clear, teach that to kids, you know? Yes. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be erased, Yeah, but I think it needs to be hidden from sight not not for so as not to cause triggers um i'm not saying that the information should be hidden from sight i'm saying like i don't know how i feel like if there was one big ass racist museum somewhere where it's like this is racism and this is what happened to our country and it's like here are all the statues that were knocked down 
Um, I don't know how people would feel about that. What all I can say about this situation for me is that I think it's up to the BIPOC voices to decide what is to be done with the statues and other things like that, because they have been forced to look at a Confederate flag and statues and other things for so long that the trauma is like, so it's like right there on the very like edge of everyone. And I, and I feel that. And so I think it's like, Hey, you know what? I'd love it if that piece of shit were like not here anymore. So you tell me, do you want it sink, sunk at the bottom of a river or do you want it in a, in a monument, like wash, like a uh, museum? Because I, as a white person cannot make that decision, nor do I think any white person can. I think we need to yield and, and, and turn it over. Like, do you want to get rid of it? Great. We'll do that. Or if you're cool with it going into a storage container and, and <laughs> brought out, you know, to, to make a point when, when um, history class rolls around, great. But like, there's ways to show like the statues without them having to physically be there anymore. No, I hear. I mean, I, um, yeah, I hear. I hear what you're saying. I just, uh, I just. You're totally I, allowed I, to say what you want. I just like. Oh, I no, don't I'm, have I'm enough. Yeah. I'm afraid in the long run of things uh, going so much the other way that then nobody's helped but I, I although i hear it I, I hear what you're saying i'm just not sure what the answer is i i think we i think we well just... in my in my opinion the answer is we have to have mental health be available mental health help there yeah. it is be available starting off kids really young yes and, and so not only do we need more radical inclusion in our educational curriculum and systems and not only do we do we need that, but we also need, I feel like, you know, DBT with training wheels, dialectical behavior therapy with Absolutely. training wheels um, for grade school children. And then and then it integrates with the the newer curriculum that's based on radical inclusion um not ostracizing people of color i absolutely agree and absolutely. i feel like that, yeah that combination I, yeah that combination it's like you'd be able to get to the bottom of most things with success and you'll be able to help kids pinpoint and describe their emotions and it will weed out racist behavior pretty quickly. So if there is somebody experiencing, you know, that it's like, okay, well, where's it coming from? Well, my classmate in seventh period, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. because that's how you find out like why so-and-so punched somebody today, you know? Yeah. So um, instead of like the, you know, one discipline fits all, you know, detention, suspension, expulsion. It's like, it's like, no, if we have, the emotional intelligence guiding us, maybe that fight at lunch wouldn't have happened at all. Yes. So, so then when you're dealing with racist overtones, overtones, it's going to automatically uh, shine the light on who's causing a problem for somebody. And yeah. then it's like, okay, we have a problem that is like emotional, but also racist. And so that's what I feel like the solution is now getting um schools across the nation like into that is the challenge the budget it is a challenge <laughs> it is yeah. a challenge and i hope that it that the pressure stays on so that it happens and 
in, in addition to the things that you've mentioned, I think it would be great if, um, if they also added some form of like stuff from ancient teachings, <laughs> you know, like mindfulness and the fact that, and, you know, yeah. reminding people that we are all actually of the same energy and we're all, you know, just, we happen to have different bodies. Uh, but the, what it looks like on the outside and everything has really nothing to do with our core, our center, our self, you know, and other than our cultural, our cultural things are important, but in reality, we're all the same, you know, we're all human. We all have the, we're all drawing from the same energy from the, the universe or whatever, however it wants to be taught. You know, I, I think, I think that there, people have to be constantly reminded, especially when, as kids, that there really is no difference, essentially, uh, from one person to the other, other than their experience, you know? Right. Yeah. And, one of my and favorite... so that people can have empathy for one another. Right. One of my favorite songs that, like, covers all that, it's called Not That Different. It's a country song. Oh, cool. And it's, it's, I, it's amazing. I, uh, but it should be taught in school. It should, be taught in, it should be taught in school. Yeah. 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 So what's this song? It's called Not That Different. And um, it literally, I'm going to look it up. Hold on. Not That Different. It's by a gay country singer, uh, Colin Ray. And uh, whenever I hear the song, I weep in a corner because it's so beautiful. It's one of the most, and it's just, it's exactly, it's exactly what you're saying, like, was what we need. It's just like, we're all the same, but we have to also remember that we're not, and we have to acknowledge the experience. Like, the thing that's missing, the right. blanket thing that's missing, and what, what, what BIPOC voices and their supporters are rallying around to scream at the top of their lungs is that they have been dismissed and disregarded their experiences have been dismissed and disregarded like how many times ray like you and me have we been like oh my god i just wish like so and so would like understand what i'm trying to say and they're just <laughs> mad at me and they don't want to talk to me like you know what i mean yeah. and it's so so take that with like a dose of like i don't know volcanic crack yeah and, and it happening literally all day long and that's like the general experience i mean i can't speak for it but like it's like i would i'm on edge from it happening to me once in a while so imagine what it feels like to be like seven times that on edge all the time just to get basic shit well like every time a black man drives in his car it's always probably in his like, mind yeah. oh shit i might get pulled over for nothing yeah i have to prepare for that like every time they get in the all car that we I mean, don't have to deal with and it's so terrible yeah and and that's why I'm like, okay, I get it. It's really not about you. This is really about, that's why like Gary Stanford, he says it best. He says, step aside, step aside. So my whole thing is like, I hope that I'll be stepping aside on my own and that I know the difference. But if you need to tell me to step aside, tell me to step aside. And I will step aside. What do you, what do you mean by step aside? Like, if you get an opportunity that you know should not be going to you, like, you know it should be going to a person of color. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, God, that happened to me five years ago. And I didn't like, even realize you know, it until it's too late. Be, you shouldn't be singing this or you shouldn't be playing this. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. you have to, 
you have to, or, or if it's happening to a, a castmate or a classmate or a, or peer in front of you and you don't say anything, that's, yeah. that's kind of what needs to happen is their story has to matter the most. And it's our responsibility to undo experience by experience where they face prejudice discrimination, racism. We have to listen to them believe we have to believe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like what I was saying before, like we're all the same, but on the other hand, so you have one foot in, we're all the same. Right. And the other foot is our experience. The experiences are not the same. Right. And so they're different for sure. Like some people are, you know, you're born into a situation and Mm -hmm. you have no choice in it. And some people are born into a really hard one, right? And some people aren't. And that, and they're no choice of their own. And those are the people we need to help. Um, But on the other hand, you know, teaching people, the reason we need to help them is because we are all of equal value. Oh, we're all one race for sure. And like, we basically all came from Africa. So like, thank you for giving us life. Let's help them. Like, let's help everybody who needs it. And also there's the other thing was like, if people would get rid of their stupid prejudice notions, they would open up a world of wonderfulness to them. (laughs) The more like, like when I started doing musical theater, I'll just be clear. Like I didn't, I hardly knew any gay people. I'll just say, and then after I like all my, all my, almost all my closest male friends are gay and I love them. They're the, like the nicest, most wonderful people. And then when I did this play last year that had an all African American cast, I mean, like, I was like, this is a world that is just awesome. You know, like diversity. That's one of the things that's great about our nation. And we need, right. to, we need to celebrate it and we need to help the people who are getting screwed over um, who are part of these. You're one of the most humane, sensitive, empathetic souls that I know. So you're just like sitting there in the play that you're doing or, um, you know, and you're just like, oh my God, I'm loving the energy I'm getting off of these people who happen to be gay or black or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and there's so many people, men, white men, especially who are afraid to have that connection with anyone i'm talking about anyone like just in a room of people like they just don't want you to bother anybody they don't want to they don't want to impose and 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 i come from a mindset of like obviously read the room read the energy and also don't be self-centered when trying to interact with others but like if something organically happens where you have chemistry with a person um you know and, and you're from different backgrounds like by all means say yes take it as an opportunity to like practice your listening your learning and like make a new friend and then all of a sudden like you're invited to something you would never have had an invitation to and you love the musical instruments and the food and the camaraderie and the family sense of love and you're like i would have never ever gotten to experience this if it weren't for like sitting down and striking up a conversation with this person yeah and so you know that's definitely because if you're more open and willing to listen then somebody else's story that has nothing to do with you is you're gonna you're gonna give it the time and respect it deserves and make that person feel listened to and slightly less alone 
and then you know maybe decide to go ahead and do something about it in in, in your way you know mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> everyone people are people are wonderful you know and everybody from different backgrounds there's so many things that you can learn it can enrich your life so much if you would just open up your heart to it right. like lately i've been spending a lot of time with people from india indian people I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's a whole world I didn't know about. Um, the music. Uh, the food. The, the food. The spirituality. The, the spirituality, like, that's in, you know, like, in their genes. This whole different way of seeing the world. The food. I, and the food. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, and it's all I vegetarian. Got, got it. it's, it's, all, it's all vegan. Not all of it, but well, um, I mean the one the, it, the, the people I'm with. I know you can go to Indian restaurants and eat meat. I mean, I'm talking about the people I'm I'm hanging out with. Oh, okay, yeah, uh huh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but there's a lot of amazing vegan Indian food. Like, oh yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So um, I emceed an Indian wedding in Bali like oh. two years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. You went to India. I went to Bali. I didn't go. Oh, to Bali, India. Bali, Bali. Sorry. Emceed yeah. an Indian wedding. Okay. Yeah. So Chris is like behind me <laughs> digging through bags and boxes. I know I saw. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. And I was just really excited about the food because it was a three day celebration. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, it was, it was one of the most fun parties I've ever been part of and the dancing and the, the dresses that we were required to wear and everything. It was just so incredible. And that was like, the culture like enveloped us. Like we we were invited as a guest to be part of the festivities in their traditional clothing with their traditional music and their food. And it was like, goes down like in history as like top 10 best experiences That's for, me. Great. for me. God, I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. it's great. So. Yeah, and, and we have that here. We have that here in, in, in our nation and and, and it just saddens me when I see bigotry and prejudice. And there's so many videos of it now. It's like people feel emboldened because of the orangutan who's in charge um, to just be that way because it's what they've been suppressing for years or something, I guess. I don't know. And uh, I have relatives in my biological side, um, not, my, my, not my parents, Steve and Nancy side, but my biological side who definitely are of that like neo-nazi mindset and um that was one of the hardest things to find out about being adopted like finding out who you know my relatives were and i was always so quiet about their status because i was you know embarrassed but i was also um like i don't think like this is this is my white bubble that i lived in right i literally was like well i don't i don't really think that that there's really any like white supremacists around anymore except for like a couple places in the south and then i guess idaho where my uncle lives so and like orange county still has some racists but like those are only a few pockets and like everyone hates them anyway so i'm just not going to talk about it and then i find out then trump gets elected and i find out that there are way more than i ever wanted to think of were possible and i had no idea that like it felt it's it feels like not majority but it feels like there's a lot of angry white people in this country yeah a lot of angry white people in this country and i 
and you know what no i didn't know i was i had read white fragility i had i had been working on multiple things uh discussing things with friends for a very long time but i never thought that there were that many minds that were so like back from like clan days and and then we find out that the clan is still like insanely active and it's like wait 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 i thought these guys were like old news i thought this was old news and so that's where my privilege shows that i did not know and that i was not in touch with that reality well it was hidden for the most part problem that's a huge problem like something that big should not be freaking hidden well yeah and i i try to figure out the psychology of it and i get stumped all the time because all right so we we brought these indigenous African people over here and use them as, you know, pack animals basically and beat the hell out of them when they didn't uh, obey and for, owned for 300 years. And owned people as property. Huh? And owned people as property. Yeah, owned them. Did what we would with them, you know, for 300 years. Uh, then, we, then we kept them down by law yep. for another 100 years. Yep. And then we passed a law that kind of really hasn't, you know, uh, come to fruition for another 50 years. Yeah, and that's and where then, we And are. then you hate those people? Explain this to me. I don't get it. I mean, I guess it's because, um, I don't know. I don't know. Makes no sense. I think, you know, going forward, it's really important, you know, definitely have, like, I, I mean, if Gary hasn't spoken on this podcast yet, he would be great. Um, oh yes, his, I got his perspective. His perspective on racism in theater, and his perspective, like he's on an, a black-owned and operated podcast now. But I, I mean, I would reach out to him, and I would also reach out to like any other, you know, person of color actor, and and have them interview their experiences here. Because I'm absolutely going to do that. I'm thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. I mean, I haven't even see. That's exactly what you're talking about. See, yep. like my mind doesn't go there. Yep. See, see, and it's not that I'm consciously a prejudiced person. That's okay. Like it didn't go there with you because guess what? Like, like, like five months ago, it didn't go there with me either. It's like, we all sort of like tune in and we're like, Oh shit. Yes. And like the more moments we have that a week or a day, the more we are contributing to undoing and we've got a lot to undo. Okay. So like Gary and I have always gotten along really well. And yeah, here's the thing that I, I can't figure out. Okay. So I've had friends who are black and sometimes there's this tension and, 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 and I can't figure out where it comes from. And other friends I've had who are black, Gary being one of them where I never even think about that they're black. I, and I'm just being honest with you. It's like, I don't understand that. I don't understand what is going on in my mind. Um, when well, that it's, not, it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about, yeah how they have had to grow up in an unfair world. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just, okay. Deal with you. No, no, I I know. It's just, it's, uh, I've always found it really disappointing. And so I avoid it. I avoid it. Okay. Yeah. I'm just being honest with you. No, I I mean, I'm looking at myself and I've avoided it for years. Um, Whenever I feel that I just avoid the person. And even if I like them. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, 
And I'm just, I'm not asking you to figure it out. It's just something I've experienced. No, I, it, I really feel like it's important that you can even address that. And that's mm-hmm. really important. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a really great observation. And I also think that you will, if you keep like, I don't, have you read White Fragility yet? No. Okay read that book for sure and then there's like a few other ones um okay because because you'll find yourself slowly answering those types of questions that you have okay um at least that was my experience when i read it um and i'm reading it for a second time right now because i have to get it in here um I can't speak for why there would be tension because I can't, but I think that once you understand the experience more maybe about like their side of, of it, Mm -hmm. then it might inform you as to why something has happened over and over in a way. I'm not sure. Um, But it's definitely something that I feel like would be aligned with what you'll find in that book. And then you know, reflect on it and, and really examine it. And if you have questions like my, my white fragility book has like all these notes in the margin, like, but what about if I feel, you know what I mean? And it it always came back to with me, but well, what about me? And then it's like, that's all we're hearing right now is that like, that is the white mind, but what about me is the white mind. And so like you're saying like, I feel tension from someone. It's like, yes, okay. And I'm not invalidating that tension, but it's also not about you when there's men in your presence, maybe who have like only been treated with absolute disrespect by white men and you are a white man. So maybe they're nervous. I don't know. No, no, that happens. <laughs> and then I get frustrated because, um, and, and it, and it's, and it's like, now when I think about it, it's like, I get frustrated by what I'm going to tell you here but it's not really all that significant because um, anyway, so like my grandparents were uh, from Italy and they lived, they lived on a like sharecropping farm in, in daily over in Pacifica. Uh-huh. So like, I don't, I, in my mind, I've never been like a, like, like a white person who's been here for generations or something. You know what I mean? Okay. And I even grew up like with my grandfather sort of still living in that sort of mind frame, you know, right. super poor, live, you know, living off the land, not getting paid any money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get kind of like w- when that tension comes up, part of me gets kind of pissed off. Like, you don't even know, like you're assuming I can feel like someone's assuming shit about me. But but now I, I, I don't feel that. But like now I'm like, I get it. But for a long time, I was like, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> right. And yeah. all I'm going to say is oppression has put a general flavor and taste around, like, around people of color's experiences. Like, like it, so... So yes, they don't know about, you know, your situation. And like, I saw a great meme that was like, you know, black, I'm sorry, that was white privilege 
is not oh my god my dog is just like tearing down everything she's like sitting on the computer wire and she's just moving <laughs> the computer. Let's okay. See she kills me so um uh what was i saying oh yeah white privilege is not about like there are poor white people there are white people who were taken from there were white people who were treated horribly okay but they still had privilege because they were white even in the most shittiest of circumstances well especially now i mean like maybe not a hundred years ago um as i mean they founded this country on being a white man. And so if you're not that, you're kind of like second class citizen. And then if you're gay or a person of color, you're like less than that. Right. You know? And it's like, great. So I'm somewhere as a queer woman of size. I'm like, I'm like not, you know, I'm in the middle of all that. And so I know how I felt. So here's a group of people saying that they feel the exact same way as I do, but like on steroids, it's time to pay attention. And it's also, it's also time to realize that even the me, I forget, I wish I could find the meme, but it was like, it was like your white privilege is not like being a rich white person versus being a poor white person. It's, you have privilege because you're white that you don't get stopped by the cops and lose your life. You have privilege because you're white that you don't get cased in an H&M when you're just trying to go shopping with your friends. You don't. So, so yes, like, you know, I understand that you have like European roots and like, you feel like, you know, you're not like, you know, it's still, it's, it's about, no, I'm saying that's how I used to feel. Got it. Okay. okay. I, I, I like now I, I, okay, good. I've thought about it a lot and, uh, yeah, oppression. I, I don't feel that way anymore because, um, oppression for the reasons that you just said, I mean, I have, I have privileges because of what I look like no matter what, right. No matter what my background was, it's right. irrelevant. So, right. uh, and so that's true. That's a truth. Yeah. And like, and, and um, yeah. Even though I identify as non-binary, I still have my assigned, um, like, gender. Like, like I still embody the assigned gender that I, as female. And so I can go to a doctor and I won't get refused treatment, whereas there's trans people who get refused treatment by doctors all the time. And, and did so, they just pass a law that it was okay to do that? Um, yeah, but luckily our Governor Cuomo was like, nope and he at least got new york cleared that they did not have to oh, good so come to that but like i'm just saying like it's our responsibility as white people to step aside make way for other experiences that are not our own right absolutely it, and if you have if one has any kind of like i feel pissed off about this in whatever it is, whether it's like, I feel like I'm being silenced. I feel like all lives matter. I feel like blah, blah, blah. Like then it's time. If you have the, if you have the reflective spirit that calls you to go back to your white fragility books and to go back to, it's just like when you're trying to memorize something to pass an exam and you keep getting a question wrong yeah. and you keep checking your answers 
it's like that you're like god i'm still feeling really suppressed by having to step aside from the lead in the school play this is my moment no you have to go back and look at why that is and you have to understand that no matter what another opportunity that is right for you will be along no you cannot play anita in the school play of west side story because you are not latin x so i get that she's something you've wanted for a long time but you can't do it look at sweet charity there's a white girl or anyone kind of girl who can dance go look and see who's auditioning for sweet charity and get it in your head that you can't play anita and stop crying about it. You remember the West Side Story that you were in that I w- could have been in? It was a 40-year-old white woman who played Maria. Right, but that was different. I mean, that was just like we didn't know anything know. back then. Yeah. And that's not an excuse. It's there was just no like, awareness. There was no awareness. Yeah. And there was also insanely radical inclusion. inclusion my God, English. Radically inclusive casting practiced at that theater venue so much and they were really ahead of their time you're absolutely right about that yeah so it's hard to find somebody i always had a costume if and nobody ever complained about me needing you know a bigger skirt or something well janice is awesome yeah yeah so Uh, you know and lamplighters was the same way they never ever ever made me feel too big ever they always were like hey we'll build something for you sounds good you know yeah those are the places man no, yeah. you want to work for sure. For sure. Um, oh God, I was going to say something so poignant and I forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, so uh, do you, uh, do you have anything uh, coming up performance wise or anything? I know maybe not because you can't really do it. No, I mean, I do, but I can't talk about it. That's oh, what's okay. super annoying. But well, you can tell it's me. Like later. I do have like a project in the works and I'm not allowed to talk about it. Okay. So instead, I'll just advertise what you can get. So you can go to beatport.com and type in my name and all of my EDM is on there and you can buy it. Um, you can also find it on Spotify. You can also find it on Apple Music and you can buy my old album, like five-year-old album directly off of CD Baby. But yeah, Amazon offers my MP3s, Deezer, whatever that is, I've never known. Um, and, uh, I have a couple new projects on the horizon. I can't talk about any of them, but if they come to fruition, it will be a very exciting step for my career and just all recording projects mainly. And that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, I also have, uh, I make jewelry and sell jewelry, um, and I have an Instagram. It's uh, Jewelry by Oz 1983. So if you like anything you see, um, I'm selling that. Um, and the prices are on the Instagram listings. I've already sold um, nine pieces and in, uh, in the last month or so. So um, yeah, I have a good time making those. And then you can buy my music. And uh, I will be starting up my concerts again. I just, we needed to move and we needed the time to prepare to move. And now we're resting from the move. So my guess is like mid-July, I might have a concert and definitely my uh, percentage of my proceeds will benefit the Okra Project or another um, you know, NAACP organization or, or any type of, you know, 
funding that is uh, needed that I see, you know, shared and I make a list. I have like a list in my browser or, or my, um, my Microsoft word of like charities to, you know, make money happen for in the future with your concerts. Great. Um, so what was it called? Beat bot beat. Oh, Beatport. B E A T port, like P O R T Beatport. I'll put the links in the notes to Beatport is a really great way to find a lot of your current electric dance music worldwide. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's so awesome that you're doing dance music. I love it. Del Pollo Del Mar. I mean, I always, I listened to Junior Vasquez for so long and I listened to um, ah, Thunderpuss and um, just a lot of different people growing up. But I was like, I guess you have to have a hit in order to get your song remixed. And now it's just a genre in itself. Um, I'm also going to be featured on an app called Top Mix. And you can... um, you can download different sounds and they're called vocal stems. It's like the stems that you send of your voice or of your instruments. Yeah. And you can make your own electric dance music track. With oh, it. neat. It's called Top Mix. And Top Mix. I should be in the um, database within the next couple of weeks. I'm currently working on finalizing all of my affected vocals versus my raw vocals and they have to get them all aligned and then you can go on the app and start downloading and playing around with my voice. Neat. <laughs> hey, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit this okra project because this yeah. is benefiting uh, African American trans black people. Women. Black, black trans women. Okay, so they must be, a lot of them really must have be having a hard time in this society. Oh, bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Just treated like garbage. That's why everyone needs to watch Pose. And and everyone needs to watch what po- pose pose on FX. Okay, I'm so yeah. out of it. <laughs> this is great. Oh, you have to watch Pose. Okay. Um, but um, no, I mean just black trans women are women, and and you know there's so many being murdered every couple of months, and no one is. It's not front page news anywhere, you know, and it's awful. And so we have, we have to, we have to turn our attention to their community because they have been marginalized for way too long. Yeah. You know, you know what concerns me, Carly? Um, So when I was a kid, uh, these issues were up front and center. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, it seemed like things were going to change. That's know? what my that's what my dad said. He's like, I didn't know all of this was still such an issue. And now it's like, it's like I'm I'm living in a Groundhog Day. It's like, oh my god, this yeah. is. And I was, you know, as a kid, I was so I was very precocious. I was paying attention to this stuff, even though I was kind of small for a while. But then it went on into my teens. Um, but no, and then things didn't change. Right. I, 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 I hope that that's not what's going to happen again. I don't think so. You know why? Why? Because we have these things. Yes. We have these True. things, right? It kind of makes the world a smaller place. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Okay. When I, when I worked in the subway, mm-hmm. 
if there was ever anything really, you know, unsettling going on, you know, sometimes there was theft, sometimes there was, you know, somebody um, under the influence of something and not in their right state of mind. I always made sure to try to have composure, even if I was scared, because I didn't know who could be filming me and then like make it look like I was some crazy person, you know? And I, I really just wanted, you know, I feel like these are the way that we are going to catch more people in the act of committing racist discrimination, um, cell phone, sexual predator, like advances. I mean, if somebody's like following you home and then you like take out your phone and you're like, no, no, like you'll get the person, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so it's like, and just like put their face up on the, facebook or internet and it's like here find help me find this guy he tried to like get me in his car you know what i mean like that's what i think i i i also think that there's a lot of people who are really really tired of it and i'm here to help facilitate making the radical inclusion a stronger embrace for all the communities um that's what well, that's I, all we can do. I just, I, I mean, I just, I just hope in my heart that, that, that it, that things change, you know, and I know they can, I, you know, I have to, when I, um, when I was in college, uh, you know, apartheid finally ended in South Africa. Right. And so that is an example to me that things can change. Um, it's just a matter of whether our culture is, uh, in the, in the position to be able to sustain a change like that uh, without the negative dark forces coming in and winning. <laughs> we have to get out and vote. Yeah, absolutely. We have absolutely. to vote. We have to vote in order to change things from the higher end. Again. And you know, I was thinking on, a, on, a, on an individual level, if you want to do more than vote, like I live in California where the, the orangutan probably won't win Right. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, I guess, but um, it's to, but to, 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 to get on phone banks or whatever and call people in, in the, in the States that are on the fence, you know, my mom did that for Hillary. I think I'm going to do that as well. Yeah. You can do it from home. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I'm here for that. I'm here for that kind of work. Um, I, I, we are definitely of the minority in the mental state of things here in this part of New Jersey. We have a lot of Trump supporters. We have a lot of people who say all lives matter. Um, And I'm not here to get in a huge fight with anybody every five minutes, but I absolutely am not quiet. And we have to not be quiet. Yeah. We cannot be quiet and everyone needs to vote. And if there's a GoFundMe or a project like this Okra project really speaks to me because they're taking care of black trans women during the time of COVID. And it's amazing, amazing, amazing work. And there's like, you could throw a rock and there's like a million other great organizations to support. Great. I'm going to link to them for sure on here. Cause, uh, I think that's something that uh, is really necessary. Something my mom and I do is like, we'll donate to something in honor of like, it's my mom's birthday. So I made a donation to, you know uh, what I mean? Something, yeah, like, that's a great thing to do. Yeah. It's a way to like, 
you know, of course we like money, but I'd rather go to something, you know, that benefits more than just me if I had a decision. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, you have, uh, you've been such a great uh, friend all these years. It's so great to be able to talk to you. Of course. Thank <laughs> you for having you. me. And uh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, yes. You can check on my website, www.carlyozar.com. Yeah. Uh, I have CDs for sale, like actual physical CDs besides the downloading kind. Um, and I can send wow. them to you. And follow me on Instagram, just Carly Ozard pretty basic and uh check back we're gonna have new recordings within the next six months i just can't really discuss much about it awesome awesome yeah carly thank you so much all right looking forward to hearing this later yeah cool okay oh that was carly ozard everyone thanks so much for listening it was a lot of fun speaking with carly and i'm glad that you uh you made it all the way to the end I appreciate uh, all of you for being fans of Green Room on Air. And, you know, what could help me a lot is if you went into iTunes and uh, left a uh, a rating and maybe a review. That would be so cool. Uh, It helps me a lot to get more listeners. Like, for instance, here's one review that I received recently um, from I Am Carell. I love when actors and others interview those in the field, as there is just an insight. Ray is obviously an entertainer, and his understanding of both the performance aspects as well as his interview skills keep this interesting. Bravo. You can be one of those. And if you give me a review, I will read it on the next episode of Green Room on Air and mention your name if you would like. So uh, I'll put a link where you can easily go right into iTunes and leave me an honest review. And also tell your friends. Tell your friends. And uh, if you can, post a link to this podcast on social media. I would really, really appreciate it. Those of us who make podcasts do it for the love of it. Uh, Hardly anybody makes money. And uh, I want to keep doing this. And... It helps when you know there are people out there listening. Anyway, thanks again. Uh, If you want to contact me, just go to my website for this show, greenroomonair.com. You can send me an email at greenroomonair at gmail.com. You can even call me at 650-318-1642. Well, until next time... Keep up your social distancing, wash your hands, wear your mask, and I will see you on the boards. Bye-bye, everybody. And please enjoy this recording of Carly Ozard singing Imagine by John Lennon. Imagine there's no heaven It's easy if you try No 